0: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler.
1: What's up fellow fantasy managers, welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, September 9th. We'll start it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league, and we only have some IL placements to talk about, and they were some pretty significant ones. Starting pitcher Luis Severino of the Yankees was placed on the 15-day IL with a strained left oblique. It is a high-grade strain, and it will end what was a disappointing and possible final season in New York as Severino is set to hit free agency this offseason. Utility man Luis Renjifo of the Angels was placed on the 10-day IL with a ruptured left biceps tendon. Ouch. Renjifo ruptured his... Biceps while taking practice swings in the on deck circle earlier this week, and the injury will end his season, affording more playing time for Trey Cabbage and Jordan Adams in the outfield for the Angels. And lastly, starting pitcher Mackenzie Gore of the Nationals was placed on the 15 day IL with a left middle finger blister. He'll be shut down for the next two weeks, so there's a small chance he could make it back for one start at the end of the year, but there's no guarantee considering where the Nationals are at in the standings at the moment. And before we check out the notable performances from Saturday. Have you considered signing up for PL Plus and PL Pro? Well, it's a great way to consume all of the content on PitcherList. Not only do you get an ad-free website, but you also get access to the exclusive PitcherList Discord. You get 10% off all of the items in the store, and you also get access to premium content and tools on the website if you go for the full PL Pro package. And on top of all of that, and just in time for football season, you have access to the PL Discord, which includes QB List. So not only in the PitcherList Discord do you get to have tons of fun, baseball discussion and miscellaneous discussion, which is honestly makes it that much more fun. And you get to talk with pitcherless staff and other members of the community, but you also get this QB list community, which gives you access to Sunday morning live chats where you can work on building your lineups, making waiver claims. You can also participate in constant discussion about football and have access to bonus content. Not to mention we will have tons of fun freaking out over the MLB playoffs once October comes. And you also get access to Nick's watch parties playback.tv slash pitcherlist make sure to check those out as well but it's all totally worth it and a blast and will help you win your fantasy football leagues as it's helped many win their fantasy baseball league so once again go sign up for pl plus and pl pro to not only get all of the amazing content we have on the baseball side but also get access to the football content we have on qb list and on the pitcher list discord Now we can check out the notable performances from Saturday a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games. We'll start it off with our hitters opening with Willier Abreu for the Red Sox versus the Orioles. It was a slugfest, but the Red Sox lost not because of Abreu, though. He went five for five, scoring twice with a double, three runs batted in, a walk and a stolen base. It was his first stolen base of his career, and Abreu was perfect at the plate in the best performance of his young career. The 24-year-old outfielder is the number 17 prospect in the Red Sox system and made his debut in late August, and that was after hitting 22 homers with a 129 WRC plus at A, Abreu's output has come in spurts in the majors. He has 12 career hits, nine of which were accounted for in two separate performances, five coming on Saturday. Abreu has remained pretty irrelevant in fantasy because of his status as a bench player, but there's clearly some potential in his bat. He hits the ball hard consistently and has displayed both power and speed in the minors. We won't get a good true evaluation of his true talent until we get a larger sample size of plate appearances. And that, likely won't come if he doesn't get an everyday role, so the initial judgment of his skills likely won't come until next year, but Abreu gave us a glimpse of what we could see if he eventually gets consistent playing time. On the other side, Jordan Westberg went off in Boston going three for four, scoring twice with a home run, a double, and an RBI. It was his third home run of the year, and it traveled 406 feet with a 107 mile per hour exit velocity. Westberg has been with the big league club since late June and has quietly been productive. He doesn't get in the lineup every day, but when he has gotten his shots, he's made the most most of them. Overall, Westberg has a 109 WRC Plus on the year and has displayed an innate ability to put together good at-bats. A pitcherless player page, special, ideal plate appearance, which accounts for the best outcomes of plate appearances, places Westberg 14th among all hitters with a 32.1% IPA, which is pretty incredible, and that's a good indication that he has an advanced approach at the plate. This season, Westberg has been more of a lefty killer. He's batting 303 with a 130 WRC Plus against left-handed pitchers. That is Made him an enticing streaming option against Southpaws, but it's best to target Westberg when he's on the road. His WRC Plus is 18 points higher away from Camden Yards, and that can almost entirely be attributed to the deep left field fence he has to contend with at home. A former top 100 prospect, Westberg will be a key member of the Orioles lineup for years to come, and he's gotten off to a very solid start to his career. And lastly, we have James McCann in Boston as well, going two for five with two runs two home runs, and three runs batted in. He's up to six home runs on the year. Both home runs traveled over 400 feet with an exit velocity north of 100 miles per hour. McCann doesn't get too many chances to play with Adley Rutschman ahead of him on the depth chart in Baltimore, but he made the most of his opportunity on Saturday. It marked just the second time in his career that he's gone deep multiple times in one game. And surprisingly enough, Saturday was the three-year anniversary of the only other time he had done that. So he's only ever gone deep twice in a game, twice in his career, and both of them have come on september 9th pretty incredible but since signing with the mets as a free agent prior to 2021 after back-to-back successful seasons on the south side of chicago mccann has failed to live up to expectations that led to him being shipped to baltimore before the 2023 season began and he's been fine as a backup though he has yet to recover the form at the plate that earned him a 40 million dollar deal in free agency at 33 years old we may never see mccann reach the heights he hit in 2020 but that doesn't mean he can't be a valuable member of a team as a game caller and defender behind the plate and occasionally he'll do what he did on saturday and show glimpses of his offensive potential but if you'd like a breakdown of the notable hitting performances from saturday check out the daily batter's box article over on PitcherList.com. now we'll head to the mound and check out the notable starting pitching performances from saturday opening with tarek scoobal versus the white Sox, is here in the wind tossing five scoreless innings allowing just two hits and a walk while striking out nine he induced 19 whiffs with a 35 percent csw across 95 pitches and those 19 whiffs led all of baseball on saturday earning scoobal the gallows pole his chain up was untouchable in this one. The off-speed pitch induced a whopping 12 whiffs and went for 56% CSW. After a breakout 2022 that ended in flexor tendon surgery, there were many questions about what kind of pitcher we would see when he eventually returned. Well, we've gotten those answers in full as Skubal has gotten even better. It may not look like it because his ERA is only slightly better than it was last year, but digging into the numbers reveals a 2.70 XFIP, which is tied for the league lead among starters with at least 60 innings pitched. The main the main reason he's been so successful is that he's become an elite strikeout pitcher with a strikeout rate north of 30%. Scoobles' elite strikeout numbers are a direct result of increased fastball velocity, which has not only improved that pitch but has also enhanced his changeup, allowing it to become one of the best whiff-inducing off-speed pitches in baseball. Everything suggests that Scooble will be great the rest of the year and that he'll be a highly coveted pitcher in fantasy drafts this offseason. His next turn through the rotation will come in Anaheim against a depleted offense and there's no reason not to start him there. King had a great game versus the Brewers, but the Yankees still lost because the offense couldn't back him up. He tossed five innings, allowing just four hits, one run, and one walk while striking out nine. He induced 11 whiffs with a 39% CSW across 79 pitches. King didn't induce an inordinate amount of whiffs in this one, but he was elite in the CSW department. His sinker and sweeper both held CSWs of at least 39%, helping him finish runner-up in the race for the King Cole on Saturday. King has been impressive since transitioning to the rotation in late August, it took him a couple of starts to stretch out, but he's now had back-to-back outings of five innings apiece In four starts, he has yet to surrender more than one run in an outing And there hasn't really been much difference in his pitch usage from the bullpen to the rotation And it's encouraging to see that he's maintained his fastball velocity The big question in King's transition was whether the strikeouts would stick Or if he'd revert to the Toby he was prior to his 2022 breakout And that question was answered on Saturday as he tied his career high with nine strikeouts Which was originally set back in July of 2020 With so much success out of the armbar in the past couple of years and with a smooth switch to the rotation, King is someone that should be getting consideration in leagues 12 teams and deeper. King will head to Boston to take on the rival Red Sox in his next start and I would not shy away from starting him there. And lastly we have Kenta Maeda for the Twins versus the Mets as he earned the win tossing 5 and a third innings allowing 5 hits, 2 run runs, and 1 walk while striking out 2. He induced 8 whiffs with a 29% CSW across 83 pitches and Maeda's main weapon was a splitter that induced 5 swings and misses. When he first came to the States from Japan, Maeda was a pretty predictable pitcher during his time in Hollywood. Then, in his first year with the Twins, he exhibited ace potential in 2020. His production that year got everyone hyped for a great 2021 campaign, but it was derailed by underperformance and Tommy John surgery. Maeda made his return from the injury earlier this year and has looked more like the disappointing pitcher he was in 2021 than the ace he was in 2020. It has ultimately made him an underwhelming pitcher in fantasy circles, but he's maintained increased Roster rates because of name value only. Maeda's inconsistency from start to start has made him difficult to trust, and has many souring on his potential for 2024 as he gets set to enter his age 36 campaign. Maeda gets a respite against the White Sox next, and that might be a good stream if his disappointing season has led to him being available on your league's waiver wire. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on pitcherless.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and check out the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched out. Outside of save situations or blew their saves. Starting with these saves, guys, Alex Lang got save number 22 as he got the final four outs, and it looks like he's officially reclaimed the closer role in Detroit. Ryan Presley got save number 30 as he recorded all three of his outs via the strikeout. Raldis Chapman got save number 5, and that was after Will Smith pitched in the seventh and the eighth. It's still up in the air. Who is the true closer in Texas? And Ryan Helsley got save number 8 as Giovanni Gallegos pitched the eighth, which hints at the bullpen's current hierarchy. And lastly, Paul Sewald got save number 30 as he worked around the zombie runner scoring in the 10th. In terms of closures to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Yenny or Cano warmed up for the ninth, but his offense added a run, removing the possibility of a save. Cano pitched anyway and allowed three runs to add to Saturday's slugfest in Boston. Carlos Estevez pitched the ninth up by four. Craig Kimbrell pitched the ninth up by four in a maintenance outing he had not pitched in five days. Kyle Finnegan blew a one-run lead in the ninth for the Nationals. Adbert Alzali pitched the ninth in a tie game. And lastly, David Bednarp, pitched the ninth up by four after the offense took away a save opportunity with a run in the top of the frame. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitching performances from Saturday, check out the daily Relief ranks article over on pitcherlist.com. Sunday's edition was written by yours truly. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Underdog.
1: Now, we'll look forward to Sunday, September 10th, a day in which we'll have a full slate of 15 games. My matchup of the day is Garrett Cole versus Corbin Burns. Those are two elite pitchers that have been really good for quite a while, so that should be a blast to watch. In terms of probable starters, we've got nine guys in the auto-starts tier, including both Cole and Burns. We also have Pablo Lopez versus the Mets, Zach Eflin versus the Mariners, and Grayson Rodriguez in Boston. Our probably starts tier has seven guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in Alan Winans versus the Pirates. He's got a great win opportunity, pitching for the Braves against a poor offense in the Pirates. I'd also keep an eye out for Ryan Yarbrough, who will be the bulk reliever for the Dodgers in D.C. He's been a different pitcher since joining the Dodgers in the Nationals lineup is not one that strikes fear into pitchers. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would go for White Sox hitters versus Sawyer Gibson Long in his MLB debut. Starters usually struggle in their major league debuts, and that might be a good chance for the White Sox hitters to get back on track. And I'd also go for another one. It didn't work yesterday, but we'll go back to the well with Ramon Laureano versus Kenny Rosenberg. Laureano's much better against Southpaws this year and has been cleaning up every day for the Guardians in recent days, as well as having posted a 121 WRC Plus over the past couple of weeks. Now, we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Adbert Alzalai has pitched in consecutive games, so Mark Leiter Jr. will be the first man up if a safe situation arises today for the Cubs. And lastly, both Ryan Helsley and Giovanni Gallegos have worked in back-to-back games. It's more likely that Gallegos goes out for a third day in a But if he is deemed unavailable, Andre Payante and Drew Verhagen are the team's top secondary options. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues and to help you get some exclusive football content. But that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast. Bubba will be back with you on Monday and throughout the week. And make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball.